Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Join me, my co-host, Joseph. Hello. Ian. Hey, what's up, guys? And Jehu. Uh, on a very realistic note, Ian and I didn't do any background work for this episode. So today, Joseph's doing the news. Woohoo! We A also, plus Joseph. <laughs> we also didn't decide how to pare down this information. So I'm just going based on what I feel like is important. God, this is going to be the worst. Episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the crazy thing is uh, we just did a news. I mean, it's been a few weeks since we did a news episode, but literally like all the shit that I have written down is stuff from our text thread from this past week. So hot off the presses. No kidding. <laughs> I feel like uh, I feel like we're really we, we've talked about the machinery slowly working up to uh, full speed again. You know, I don't feel like the world is all the way back, but I feel like Hollywood is all the way back. Yeah. Shang-Chi making a buttload of money and then directors just constantly bitching about day and date releases <laughs> as just pu- pushed Hollywood into not giving a fuck anymore. Right. We're all over the place as far as what kind of news we got. Not too much Marvel news, but we couldn't fully avoid it because it's just 30% of the world now. We know what we know what our people want. That's also true. There's just uh, so much of it. It's yeah. not even like we're just searching for it. Marvel is consistently putting shit out all the time. <laughs> yep. And it's true. Honestly, the most excited I am to talk about anything is that Marvel trailer. Because that shit is fucking dope. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll hold on to that. We'll save that for the, the tease for later. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first thing, there's news coming out of, I guess, Lucasfilm. Disney, who owns Indiana Jones? Disney. I mean, Disney, Disney. does now, but the, the Lucasfilm part of it. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that Phoebe Waller-Bridge might be replacing Harrison Ford as the lead in Indiana Jones. Yeah, we know she's in Indy 5, but the rumor is that M- Lucasfilm sees her as the new could be the new star of the franchise which listen i'm not it's not that i'm anti a woman taking over that role i just would i'd not be super excited about that news but since the fact that it's phoebe waller bridge i'm stupid excited for agreed that i think oh, i mean i think the danger here is and this is the thing that hollywood's been trying to do for uh, you know at least two decades now is we got this whole generation of older actors and we keep trying to replace them with these personalityless handsome guys uh, right. Alden Ehrenreich, a hundred percent. I mean, I, I, I mean, he's not even the worst of the bunch. I'm thinking your Jai Courtney's of the world, but I don't know. Like, I, I love the idea of I don't, I don't know how she's doing this kind of role because I don't think she's done something that's quite like this. But she just, she just oozes a lot of personality, and I feel like that's so much of the Harrison Ford charm in general. Look, I want it to work. I, I would be fine with it, but this totally screams just like internet troll vibes, uh, Ghostbuster reboot. Like, I don't think this. Will, I do I not mean, think this will work. I'm telling the, you right the, now. The response <laughs> will not be good if that is the, the way they decide to go. A hundred percent. That is. This screams like you're going to get every internet person from their mom's basement saying you're ruining my fucking childhood. And I don't know. I don't think it'll happen. If I had to guess, I don't think it'll happen. I'm pessimistic, I guess. Maybe I could be wrong, but this screams like trying to reboot the Ghostbusters with the women, and we're going to get that kind of reaction if they ever do try and really do a a female indie movie. I will say this to that, like like a semi-counter to that, only it's not really a counter. The the out here is that if Indy 5 is bad, they'll never do it. And Indy 5 has Harrison Ford in it, so it won't fall on her if if it's poor. Like, if Indy 5 is bad, then at least two... Two of five are, are not good. We're just going to be done, I think. And then you right. never get to the you never get to the Lady Ghostbusters movie. You know what I mean? Like you have an out if this movie sucks. I'd agree with that. I don't know. I want what, what happened to Chris Pratt? I like the Chris Pratt is Indiana Jones thing. I don't know what happened. <laughs> to that. I, I, I think, man, that's almost like become too obvious at this point. I really like the Phoebe Waller-Bridge just because, yeah, like like uh, like you guys said, she just has a lot of personality. And I've not seen her in anything that I didn't like her in. And it's it's so far from Chris Pratt, besides just being a different gender, that's a curveball. I'll I'll see if that works. If it turns into it's like, well, we've not really got her, so it's just gonna be a girl. And like two years from now, it's like fucking Jessica Beale or something. It's like, no, nope, <laughs> no, I'm not I'm not there for that. But I am there for this if this happens. But I agree, we you know, it's all gonna depend on how Indy five goes and if and if you know Harrison doesn't drop dead film. Yeah. 
The only the uh, only two things I would add to this is she's the best part of Solo, which is yes. odd because it, of its connection to another Harrison Ford character. Uh, and two, she did drop out of the Mr. and Miss Smith reboot, with, which kind of gives some credence. Like that was just before this news came out to me. So it says like there might be some I can't commit to a multi-season show. I'm going to be the new Indiana Jones. Right. So do we know what her character is at this point? I don't think so. I'm saying Indy's granddaughter, but I have no, you know, I what no clue to go off of. Right. This is entirely unrelated. But one of these days, I feel like we should do an episode on good action comedies that do both the action and the comedy well, because I think we could probably count them on both of our hands. Mm. <laughs> Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Smith is a good one. I like Mr. Yeah. and Mrs. Smith a lot. That movie is way better than it has any right any to right be. Any right to be. Absolutely. Mm. 100%. In, in a similar vein, uh, we got the official runtime for the new James Bond movie that's not really new. It's supposed to come out a year and a half ago, but whatever. It's coming out like in a month or two. It's going to be com- clocking a in. At, uh, a month. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Uh, clocking in at two hours and 43 minutes, uh, which is, uh, I believe... Longer than Transformers. It is longer than Transformers. That's I true. think it's also the longest James Bond movie, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's is. way too damn long. Yeah, it is. It is too long of a movie. Like movies need to be closer to two hours, not closer to three. So I don't know. It's definitely strike one against the movie. I mean, I want to say optimistic, but it's definitely a bad sign. Especially just for, for like a Bond movie. And I, this is nothing against movies that are like formulaic in nature because that's like the appeal of the Bond movie. But it is just like a plug and play formula for the most part. Why right. is it? Why should it be longer? What are you doing? I What I honestly think it is, is up until hearing that rug time, I figured Christoph Waltz was probably just a cameo. Oh, like he didn't yeah. really play a pot in the part. But my imagine is this is going to be like a a twofold thing. You think that uh, Freddie Mercury is the, uh, the main threat, but Christoph Waltz will be the main threat. And in this movie, we ruin his other eye. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it. I'm still excited about this. I've, I've, I've loved all the Craig Bonds and I will probably like this one, but I agree. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sick of movies that clock in over two and a half hours. Yeah. No My thought is, I think that this could be also trying to set up Monica Rambo as the new James Bond, similar to like we, our first story, you know, a female Indiana Jones. I think they might try and do like a little bit more with, uh, I think her name's Latasha Lynch and they, they, you know, pushing her as the new like MI6 operative is what I heard. So maybe she's in it a little more than I would have thought. You know, let's, let's all take a second to think about how many great roles Naomi Harris has been in and never really like popped off uh, <laughs> because she's great as money penny in, uh, the you know the the Craig Bonds and they tried to make her like the main thing in like I don't know if it was the last one or the one before the last one uh, and then I guess that's just not a thing anymore and so she's just back to not quite obscurity but just kind of like oh yeah it's that girl I, I was that's just credence to how fucking good Skyfall is man that yeah. that that part in Skyfall kicks and at the end for her to become Money Penny like that movie just works so well yeah Skyfall God. might be the best one. Skyfall is definitely the best one. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. Like I said, Spectre just feel, felt really long. It felt like it overstayed its welcome. So I don't know why you're doing another really long movie. It just, I would have went the other way. I would have zigged. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> but uh, on a note of, of, I don't know, there are a lot of people doing long movies these days, but uh, there is rumors of a new Christopher Nolan film. Uh, I know that the, our podcast is not overly positive on his last work, <laughs> but uh, overall, he's got a pretty solid body of work. Uh, he's uh, supposedly working on an Oppenheimer movie uh, with starring uh, Killian Murphy as Robert Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. I don't know. At, they just announced today this is going to Universal, I think. It will not yeah. be at Warner Brothers. Oh, damn. He- he, he gave was so Warner mad. Brothers the middle finger after that uh, <laughs> HBO Max kind of shit. He's fuck. He's like, screw you guys. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, Universal will let me turn down the vocals as low as I want. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I don't know. Like you said, I'm off Chris Nolan until he makes a movie I can understand in a theater <laughs> because I it, it's been a long time. Like I know Jones, you like Dunkirk. I couldn't understand Dunkirk either. So I don't think he's made a movie I liked since Inception, which is got to be more than 10 years at this point. So like, yeah, I'm I'm off Chris Nolan right now, so I'm not excited about this. 
I'm just trying to figure out like this is very off brand for him. I know we just did like a World War II movie, but like scale wise, this doesn't seem like his vibe. I, I don't really know how like, you know, Dunkirk was already kind of an unusual thing for him, but it's still got a pretty big like cinematic feel. There's a very like grand scale to it. I don't know. I mean, I, I understand you're going to, you know, do like the atom bomb, but like, how do you how does this fit into the Christopher Nolan formula? You know, right. I have no evidence of this, but I'm already betting it's in black and white. <laughs> yeah. Or, po- or it's so dark, it might as well be. Right. Supposedly, part of his deal with Universal was that he asked for between a guaranteed contractual obligation between a 90 to 120 day release window in theaters. Wow. Which seems abnormally long anyway. <laughs> and then to like guarantee it. What if no one shows up? Like, yeah, what, if, I, what, what if people are just done with Chris Nolan after he's acted like a bitch over the last year? Yeah. Are they going to also guarantee him that they're releasing it in 1996 when that would work? Yeah. <laughs> this feels very Eddie Redmayne to me in that he's trying to get a fucking best picture winner. And he's just like, what can I do to guarantee myself an Oscar? <laughs> I mean, at you know the same I mean? time, does this not seem like a movie that your dad's going to go see? Yeah, oh, I feel, yeah. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like we got enough of the four quadrants that it'll probably do okay. I have I have children. A World War II movie? Sign me up. I'm there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much of this that's superhero news that I didn't realize until I started looking at it. So before before we break into the superhero stuff and the trailers, uh, the last one I wanted to mention is there's... Oh, I guess this is a trailer. Netflix is producing a musical about Princess Diana? Yes. <laughs> so so it, it's, a, it's a stage production that I guess already exists. I, I have not seen it I've nor heard of it. I've never heard of this before. Neither have I, but it it's in the vein, you know, Netflix is in the vein of Hamilton type of thing. Like it is the stage show, just a recording of it. This is, this is them mashing Hamilton and the crown together. Oh yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. This sounds right up Susie's alley. hundred percent. That's hundred percent why I brought it up. Cause I was like, watch Paw Patrol with this children. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you definitely will watch this. <laughs> Probably I will many too. times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's actually let's do a thing that we don't do that often: video game news. Uh, just because mm. it's uh, two fairly big announcements. One, I know that uh, uh, Christian and general people of a certain generation really enjoyed. They're uh, bringing back the Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, so they're they're redoing. It's an updated version of the first game, um, which is really exciting. That game is so freaking awesome. It is one of the best, like, just story arcs in Star Wars. Um, with some upsetting news, though, is you know this game is not that old, but like they're replacing almost all of the voice cast, which feels unnecessary <laughs> in my opinion. But I'm still gonna play the shit out of this. Yeah, the voice cast does not need to be messed with this at all. That is upsetting news. Like, you know, obviously the graphics need an upgrade. They need uh, more than five faces in the game, but the voice cast was tight. I don't know why they're doing that. Yeah, it's that's a that's a bad decision. But uh, overall, this is a game people have wanted to play. The big two questions I have is, I guess three questions, really. Does this make Knights of the Old Republic canon again? Uh, does that mean we're going to get like, you know, Revan somewhere else? Uh, or Malik somewhere else. Number two, are we going to do number two? Because its story is pretty well connected to the first one. And are we going to are we going to keep making more of these games? Because I think right. that's what that's what a lot of people have been upset with with Kotor is you did these two games and then you ended up doing like an old Republic computer based MMORPG type of thing. But there was a lot. It seems like there's a lot more story to tell in this period of time. So I hope we keep going back to this. Well, why wasn't this in Canada? I, I don't know. It sits so far back. I don't understand why it wasn't in canon anyway. I think it's actually video game rights because um, this was the last game or one of the last few games that Lucasfilm ga- Lucas Games made before right. EA got the rights. And I don't even know. I think Activision is making Star Wars games now. I don't even know. I, but I think it's a <laughs> rights issue. Uh, well, right. But it I seems mean, to be I'm, canon now. Yeah, it definitely seems to be kind of an implicit approval. Uh, in, into the canon. I mean, it definitely didn't make a lot of sense to me. I thought maybe it was like, well, you know, what was this last Old Republic thing we just did that they did the books for and stuff? High Republic. Yeah, I feel like maybe it was like, well, nobody gave a shit about that, so maybe they'll give a shit about this. I, I feel like maybe that's where this is coming from, and I'm fine with it, because this yeah. shit's awesome. Yeah, High excited. Republic sucked. I, I've never played this, so this is like it's missing in like my catalog. I never played it when it was old, so I'm ready to go in on this because everyone yeah. tells me it's one of the best games. 
if people do want to play it, like I've recently been playing through this game, actually, the first one, it's only like $5 on the Xbox store. Like it's real cheap uh, to get a hold of. And the mechanics are not great, but I think the story's worth it. Yeah. RPGs scare me off sometimes because they're like a hundred hours and I just can't give myself <laughs> that much. I mean, is that how it is? Is it like a 50 hour? Like what's the investment in this? I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, Ian. It's not yeah. near that long though. I mean, you got to think about the generation of RPGs this came from though. Like we weren't, we weren't in the, like the final fantasy thirteens uh, yet. So I, I would say it's probably 20 to 30 hours, but I might be misquoting there. That's doable. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and and for you, Ian, I know uh, there was some exciting news that uh, there was a collaboration between PlayStation and Insomniac Games, who made the Spider-Man games, for some more Marvel content coming down the line. Yeah. So the other, like, the PlayStation had a big direct, like, where they announced a bunch of new games last weekend. The two things, like uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales and the Spider-Man, just the Peter Parker game from Insomniac that was on the PlayStation Four, um, they announced Spider-Man Two with like a cinem- cinematic trailer where it's both Peter Parker and Miles Morales, both Spider-Mans, and uh, they come across Venom. So, I don't know. If, I know Joseph has played it. Um, that Spider-Man game on PS4 is, like, the best Spider-Man game. Like, it's probably the best superhero game I've ever played. Um, it's just super fun. Like, the Sinister Six battles are, like, very, like, original, and they're, the, the, the game feels very cinematic. Um, I haven't gotten into the Miles Morales yet because I'm trying to find a PS5 to play it on. But from all accounts, that's that's a fucking great game, too. So um, I'm super excited because I think this is like the best studio right now. They just came out of the Ratchet and Clank game that's getting good reviews. So, um, yeah, I think that'll be super cool. And then they announced a Wolverine standalone game. So they're going to come out with Spider-Man 2. And then they're also going to do a Wolverine game, um, which I think you could definitely like if you tap into all the X-Men lore, like there's a lot of good villains. There's a lot you could do with that, depending on how they take it. There, there are actually a lot of good superhero games, I think, that have uh, been forgotten over the years. But I know there's a good tie-in game for, uh, I think it was X-Men Origins with, with Wolverine that was on uh, like PS2 and, and original Xbox. Uh, it was it was like a fun mechanics and it was a, a cool, like, you know, the, the nice thing about Wolverine is he's a brawler. You get to like be on the ground yep. and just slash through a bunch of people. I think if you can update that with the kind of fight mechanics they got in uh in the spider-man games it'd be really fun yeah it's weird that they don't though that type game is just dead the like game that launches with a superhero movie is just gone that's uh those used to be a big deal Mm -hmm. i think it's because they would have to tell the game company like how the movie ends and that shit would be leaked on the internet in like five seconds (laughs) that's true (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so that's cool and um there's also guardians of galaxy game coming out by the people who did the Marvel's Avengers game, which sucks. Like, I beat it. Um, I played <laughs> That's not a good it. sign. Yeah, it's not a good game, um, but I'll probably go in on that because I, I really like... I think that's the next medium where superheroes can really grow is, like, make some good open-world superhero games, you know, depending mm. on, like, give a Black Panther game, you know, make a Superman game. Um, but it, and it seems like that's what's coming. Like, um, on, on a separate note, like, there's a Suicide Squad game coming that looks awesome and a Gotham Knights game, which is like four-player brawler. So I think they're going to tap into more of this, but the Guardians of the Galaxy game, I don't know. I'm on the fence about it, but I'll definitely give it a shot, and I'll let you guys know you know, when I, when I check in with it. I think that actually comes out next month. That hmm. one's the first one. Well, Moral of the story is NetherRealm should make Injustice 3. Well, that's actually a good transition to the first of the trailers and things that I wanted to talk about. That's uh, why I did it. I appreciate <laughs> it. Professional transition. I well like done. It. Uh... <laughs> the very popular injustice uh, fighting games are being adapted into one of the DC animated movies. Uh, I think the most famous aspect of this story is at the very beginning of it, Superman kills the Joker and goes crazy, which, you know, we've gotten a lot of crazy Superman stories, but I know this one's got a pretty established popular Uh lore. So what do you guys think about this? I really like this game, but I think they're both, pretty fun adaptations um and they actually have spawned some pretty fun comics that's Um, true so i think this is a fun property to do this with um it's not i just want to say in superman's defense i mean he's definitely the bad guy but in superman's defense not only joker has killed lois lane and then released a nuclear bomb on metropolis so like 
everyone Superman knows is dead uh, when he decides to go bad. But I don't know. It's a lot of fun. There's a great freaking great Nightwing moment. I hope they do where I don't want to spoil it. It's just it's fucking great. I'm actually pretty excited about this. I dug the trailer. I like this property. I'm excited to see what they do with it. Yeah, I agree. I really hope they lean into some of those comics because the uh, the comics were one of those things. They were just like a throwaway digital first, you know, adaptation of a video game. And there was no reason for them to be good. And they were fucking awesome. So uh, this could be really good. I mean, I haven't read the comics at this point. I just know that I feel like so much of all of the DC animated content over the last like six years has been like, hey, you know, all the superheroes and characters that you like, what if they all just got killed? Uh, (laughs) And like, I I don't know, like, I I understand, like, I think you can have those stories every once in a while, but I also want just like regular stories where everybody's having fun. Totally. I honestly, I would pay double the price to read a story about Batman stopping some bank robbers. Yeah. (laughs) Like that just never happens anymore. Batman doesn't just give a shit about (laughs) banks being robbed anymore. (laughs) Well, that brings us into the the first of our big trailers. Uh, Which one do we want to do? Let's do Matrix last, I feel like. Okay, I feel like that's it's fine. The big I'd agree with that. All right. Well, I, I, I know Ian was excited to talk about the Hawkeye trailer. I think we're all pretty excited to talk about the Hawkeye trailer. Uh, TV, yeah. Marvel Marvel TV show, Jeremy Renner's returning. Haley Steinfeld, Steinfeld. is, is, is uh, starring as, as Kate Bishop. What do we think about the trailer, guys? I fucking love this trailer. I, 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 did, I did not anticipate to love it as much as I did. But everything about it screamed like this is going to be a blast. And I'm really looking forward to it. I just want to know before, like, just assault your own opinions here for just like one second. How much of your enjoyment of it was the fact that there was just like a jaunty Christmas tune in the background for the whole trailer? <laughs> oh, 70 that, percent. Yeah, <laughs> sure. a, a high percentage. But you know what? It's there. And that, that you know, something cheating about liking it because of that. <laughs> <laughs> This is one I was super hesitant about. There was rumors it was going to take from the uh, uh, from the Matt Fra- Fraction David Aja uh, comic run, which is like a top five comic run for me. And, you know, I didn't know how they were going to do that. This Hawkeye is a way different character than that as far as his, you know, attitude and just his entanglements with people. So, but this looks like it's going to do their best to adapt that in this world. And it looks really fun. I wasn't sure about Haley Steinfeld. Uh, I watched her on like Good Morning America or something a few months back or something. It was like, I'd liked her before that. I fucking love True Grit. But man, you just didn't know, didn't, don't need to find out anything about anybody you like. Because she came <laughs> off like the dumbest human being who ever lived. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm down with this anymore. But the trailer's got me back on board. I'm, I'm, fucking, I'm fucking down with this. Yeah, my yeah. one to to Jehu's point, the one thing I'm sad about we're not we're gonna miss in this show is like all the random superhero women Clint has hooked up with just randomly showing up to his apartment. That's true, definitely. Yeah, I, I thought it was super cool. Like, um, I think it'll it'll just kill. I think it's gonna be so popular. It comes out like Thanksgiving Day, I think, or something. Um, so it kind of had like a like you guys said, it definitely had a diehard feeling to me. I like the aspect of him trying to get back home to his family and during christmas time and i I thought uh Haley steinfeld was she seemed really likable as kate bishop it seemed like um what i wanted out of that character um i like the use of the ronin armor as kind of a way to like bring that full circle um so yeah i don't know i I didn't think i was gonna like it to be honest with you i think this was the show i was least excited about but yeah i'm completely in so i'm excited we'll see how it goes i cheered when i saw pizza dog and i cheered when i saw the uh the fucking uh, Eastern European bro gangsters like this. <laughs> I uh, I really like just the general twist of a, a very common holiday movie trope of oh no I'm away from home for Christmas and I need to make it home in time uh, <laughs> with a Marvel movie. You know, like that's just, <laughs> that just by itself is is a great combination. Uh, looks like it's kind of a return to you know the roots of of why we liked marvel movies in the first place it's it's some action and some fun you know quippy dialogue and it i'm hoping it doesn't get too dark that said there's there's a bit a little part of me and i'm curious how you guys feel about this i don't think they'd go this dark but there's a little part of me when uh clint's like i'm definitely gonna be home for christmas like is that another death flag he's like escaped (laughs) it like three times is it possible that this is the time 
Yeah, nah. I don't think they kill him, but no. it definitely I think they're <laughs> foreshadowing it. I'm putting it I'm putting it down. I'm saying they kill him. Fuck it. Um, <laughs> There's only so many times God. he can skate by. <laughs> only you would take this this trailer and go in that direction. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, also, I this show will have the first appearance of a Daredevil related character. I don't it yeah. doesn't seem like the internet's going crazy about that, which I don't understand because it it seems Echo, to be reporting. Right? Yeah, Echo. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, which her history in the comics is because of a uh, basically just a writing blunder. She she was the first person to wear the Ronin outfit, so I'm assuming she'll have something to do with the Ronin character in this. But uh, she is a Daredevil related character, so there's rumors now that maybe the Kingpin is in this. Mm-hmm. I I. I don't know if I believe that at all, but that's still pretty exciting. Also, what does Linda Cardellini have going on better? Yeah, I know. She's not in it, right? <laughs> not in like, the is trailer, there a Freaks really. and Geeks reunion I don't know about or something? like? And finally, the uh, I'd say probably the biggest trailer, the uh, one that we've been waiting for for a long time as, as a nerd culture and probably just as pop culture in general. Uh, the Matrix Resurrections first look. What do we think, guys? God. I, I I know I think we're split on this, but I fucking loved it. I loved it so much. I'm so happy to be back with these characters. I was really not super excited about this uh, beforehand, and like you know, even if I've I mean I think I've said on this part uh, on this podcast that I was, but I was lying. Uh, I I just you know I was excited that John Groff had a cool job. Like, you know, he seems like a cool guy and I was glad he had a cool job. Honestly, I didn't give a shit about this movie, but this trailer totally turned me around. I am like super on board with this shit now. I I really thought going into this that this would just be the Force Awakens for the Matrix. And, you know, that's not a dig on the Force Awakens. I love that shit. It's probably the most fun I had in a theater in the last in the previous decade. But uh but I thought this was just going to be that. I thought it would be the old characters would be brought back to set up the universe for new characters to sell it to the new kids. And to see that they're not doing that, like it, or at least it doesn't seem like they're doing that, is pretty exciting to me. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I liked it. I didn't know that I, I didn't know that this was something I wanted necessarily. But uh, yeah, getting into that trailer and, and seeing like, Dr. Manhattan looked like a splitting image, a, you know, of, of a young Morpheus and seeing Keanu with like John Wick kind of Keanu. I don't know. It, it, I, I like the callbacks. The trailer is really good. I am still very hesitant that this will be a good movie. Um, like I said, there's only been one good Matrix movie. The other ones have been pretty bad. <laughs> so I'm cautiously optimistic. I will say this has me jazzed and like this is probably the, mo- the, most, the movie I'm most looking forward to probably for the rest of the year. Uh, you know, which I, before this trailer, I probably wouldn't have said that. I have a theory as to why this will be a good sequel when the other two really weren't. I don't think there was a need for the other two. Like, you know, when the first one hit home computers and Internet access and even cell phones, it really only been a thing for about like five years. And it was the first movie that really hit and had a statement on that. Hollywood had definitely tried before that, but they were already always either like, too far ahead or like it was already outdated like it was like most of the early movies about the internet always have a suspenseful scene about a fucking file download like it it was not a good predictor of what the internet was going to be but the matrix really had something to say on it it had something to say about you know how the you know the technology connects you and how it also divides you how you control it and it controls you and the other two didn't have a reason to exist. Like, you know, I know they tried to pivot to say, oh, well, these movies, they're not actually about technology. They're about religion. And that shit was fucking boring. But, you know, I feel like this does have a reason to exist. 20 years on, there is something new to say about, uh, about you know, technology and online life and how it affects us. Like, this really seems to be like it's going to be a movie about depression and maybe about middle age, and maybe that's why it's these characters continuing on instead of a new sort of hero's journey sort of story. And I'm fucking excited about that. Jay, you brought up the Force Awakens point, and I think that's really interesting because I think this is taking the exact opposite 
route that force awakens is it, like kind of to the point you're taking like well, i don't know if you guys saw the interview i don't remember which okowski sister is the one making this i know one is and one isn't but lana yeah okay lana said that she was grieving over the death of her parents and you know had the sudden realization of i can't bring them back but i can bring trinity and neo back which is like the closest she can get to that and then she just started writing this movie and to me that's a way better basis to make a film than we need to continue this franchise and it needs to strike every nostalgia itch that these people have um i don't think this movie would get made if they didn't have a story to tell and and to the point about talking about technology i don't know if you guys noticed this but there's a scene in the matrix where in that trailer where someone is watching the matrix i didn't see that (laughs) right on so it's gonna be real fucking meta and a real big commentary i think on the world we live on well i mean one of the things i really hope it speaks to is like sort of generational how we view internet and technology. Like I would really hope there's people in it that are completely aware of the matrix, completely aware of its evils, but just don't want to leave. They they're like, well, I've grown up with this there. It's part of my life. I don't want to leave it, man. The steak is really good. (laughs) When you talk about it, it looks like it's trying to say something about modern day life. There's just that one shot in the trailer where it's a bunch of people shoved into a box looking at their phones. And I'm like, fuck you. (laughs) That's what I'm afraid this movie is. Like, I'm not I'm not saying that it's going to be subtle, (laughs) but the Matrix wasn't subtle. Yeah. Uh, You know, I also think maybe this is going to be a test in new views on demographics. Like maybe, you know, the number one thing isn't selling to the kids anymore. Maybe somebody was like, hey. People in their 30s and 40s, they still buy shit. You know, they they don't expect everything for free. So I don't know. It, I mean, it could be a test run for where things are going. I don't feel like uh, in general, I don't feel like I'm as optimistic on this trailer as you guys are. I'm excited to come back to the world. I think it, I, I like the Matrix and the Matrix mythology as a whole. I In general, one of the first things that struck me about this trailer is like it looks so different uh, in the sense that I feel like the uh the matrix movies have such a distinct style uh just like i mean part of it is that weird color tint where they make everything green which is not happening in this uh right but you know i don't know like they're watching a bunch of of you know clips of this i feel like you can intersperse shots of this movie and that bike messenger movie with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. And uh, that's a problem for me. <laughs> what a weird movie to pick. Who remembers that? <laughs> that's what it made me think of. Uh, <laughs> the other thing is, like, I, I don't think this is a one. I, I'd feel more confident this was like a one-off movie if they really had an idea. But this, to me, feels like they're like trying to set up a, another cinematic universe. And I just don't know if The Matrix... Like, not everything needs to be a cinematic universe. Like, just make a good movie. Oh, see, you know, I- and... I totally disagree. Of, of, I don't know if it's the. I think the Matrix is the like only property that Warner Brothers can do it successfully with. Like I think it's a as a concept, a, a universe could work in it. I think this will be the end of Neo and Trinity's story. I do think that we're not going to see those characters again, but I do think we're going to see new people. I, whether it's Doctor Manhattan, you know, just doing young Morpheus shit. Yeah. See, I don't know if I want that. Maybe. Like also. You know, we think this will be good, but have you guys watched Cloud Atlas? Have you watched <laughs> yes. some of the movies yes, that fucking have. people have made? Like, come, like they are not as good as we think they are. I, well, I, mean, I love Speed Racer. That movie is <laughs> fucking better than The Matrix. <laughs> I also love Speed Racer. Maybe that's the divide in these opinions. Me and you love Speed Racer. The other half does not. It <laughs> <laughs> could be uh, it. But yeah, I mean, there there is an aspect of, yeah, those guys have not made another movie that like hit like like definitely the matrix did like you know i love speed racer but i know i'm in the minority yeah nobody yeah. loves cat look how out atlas nobody loves that movie where channing tatum was a dog um yeah. <laughs> you know i forgot like, that was them jupiter ascending no yeah, way jupiter <laughs> ascending yeah oh okay that just proved my point right there that should have been exhibit a all right I, i'm officially i'm officially calling that we need to do a wakowski's what like episode before the matrix comes out because I they have such that. a small catalog god <laughs> that's the best Eddie redmayne role though so i will say that. <laughs> yeah save that shit for later 
I just want it made known that V for Vendetta does not count. They no, it does not. They just produced that, did not direct it. Every, everyone thinks it's them, but it's not. I actually didn't know that till you just told me, sir. I know. All right. Yeah, I would. I would have guessed they directed that, and I would have like put money behind it. So that's interesting. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm. I know you guys just talked about. it. I'm still worried it's just going to be the Force Awakens for the Matrix, but you know, I fuck it. I'm in the demographic. I'm going to see it. Doesn't well, I mean, matter. even if it is that. I mean, The Force Awakens, it's not like any of you guys didn't have fun in The Force yeah, Awakens. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. But it's I do Force I, Awakens, I definitely, but sad. It's going to be Force Awakens, and, and they're just going to introduce new characters for another movie. I think that's what this is going to be, and, like, put a bow on Trinity and Neo. And, like, I just don't think it's... I don't think they have an original idea. I could be wrong. I don't I don't see it like Hurt does it. I think this is more... It's just going to be a money grab. That's that's my fear. But the trailer is fucking cool. So don't get me wrong. You know what I mean? Like, I, I like the trailer, but I'm not optimistic. Ian, you are riding the fence so hard here, brother. Yeah, I love it. It's fantastic. <laughs> You're like, it's going to be total shit and it's just going to be a reboot. But I, I think it looks great. The trailer <laughs> looks good, but I do not think the movie will be cool. All right. I'm like skeptical of the fashion choices that we've seen so far of whoever the new people are. But then I remember... One, the fact that I thought everybody was really cool in leather was because the fact because I saw it when I was like ten years old, uh, right? And two, in the real world, they just wear fucking potato sacks. So <laughs> you know, like it's kind of a low bar. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, the first one, man, it was it was made to appeal to teenage mall guys. Like you know, 100%. they wanted they wanted they realized that was an untapped market and they were fucking right you I mean, know that's a, that's uh, a good that's a good question hurt you would remember this better than we would like percentage wise how many how, how many like geeks were wearing trench coats before the matrix versus after the matrix oh it was it increased exponentially but definitely <laughs> definitely those trench coat geeks that were already there Oh man, were they on board? Like these yeah. guys knew like I, this is going to mean nothing to you guys, but they hired Tim Pope as their as their cinematographer. Tim Pope directed every Cure video, <laughs> every single one. These guys were were not fucking around. I love it. That's great. <laughs> anyway, I think. Oh, actually, Ian, would you like to take this one? What? What? Take? What are we talking about? I think and we're that's done. The news, and that's the news. <laughs> no, and that's the news. <laughs> So, yeah, if we missed something, we surely did. Or if you have feelings about the Matrix trailer or any other yes. bullshit we talked about, you know how to reach us. Realphonesgmail.com. We're on Facebook, whatever. Ian just left, I guess. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. He's not really important for what Christian's watching. Uh, I'm going to try to go quick. I'm pretty passionate about the things I have to talk about, though. So I'm not going to hopefully not do a hurt 30-minute rant over four episodes or whatever we're about to get. So <laughs> uh, I, did, I did finish all the Harry Potter films. And I, the, I think those movies are good. I think they're all better than transformers. I think they're all at least like six or seven out of 10. Like I'm, I, I enjoy those films. However, there are two things that really grind my gears and I have to talk about them. The first one's Jenny Weasley. That character in the film is non-existent. Like whoever that girl is supposed to be playing is not Jenny Weasley from the books. And it really pisses me off. Jenny uh, is a smart ass. She's brash. She's hot headed. She's always running into trouble. You know, that's just not who that character is in the films. There's a great scene when Harry returns to Hogwarts and he's in the room of requirement with everyone. Uh, Cho volunteers to take him to the um Ravenclaw dorm room and Jenny's like immediately cuts her off and says no Luna will take him thank you and like that's the kind of Jenny Weasley I wish we'd got on screen you know there's all this stuff about how Jenny is the only person Harry really can relate to because of her experience in Chamber of Secrets with Voldemort um, and we just don't tap into any of that in the movies uh, and it, it just I don't know it pisses me off and the one thing the, the books get wrong too about Jenny is Harry says in Half-Blood Prince, the only time he feels normal is when he's with Jenny. We, the reader, deserve to get to spend time with Harry feeling no like Harry deserves it. And we, the reader, deserve it. Right. But we make she makes Rowling makes no point to put that in the books. And for sure, the movies are not going to do that. Uh, and it I don't know. It really it makes me sad. So me and Sarah have been watching these movies a lot lately too. Cause again, they're on every weekend, every weekend. So me and Sarah have been watching them uh, uh, a lot again too. And you know, it's the same way. I, I still love them. But every time you watch them, you find a thing that's like, well, that's kind of, that's kind of annoying, but 
we've been talking about the exact same thing with Jenny, that Jenny is just nothing on screen. And that's the main thing they could should have like departed yep. from the books on. They should have just pivoted to Harry being interested in Luna or invented a new character or something. Cause that just was not working. Yeah. I, I think, I think there's a mistake in the books too, that after order of the Phoenix, Luna, Jenny and Neville are in the gang. Like it should not be, harry hermione and ron anymore like true all six of them almost died at the hands of voldemort in the ministry of magic that's something that they're gonna share forever i i i don't i don't understand why we go back to the trio after that uh the other thing that really pisses me off is how they handle lily potter and lily potter's sacrifice in the books uh harry collects the deathly hallows and he has the horcrux inside of him so that when voldemort tries to kill them he's he survives he's able to live because he's the master of death and he can say hey i don't have to die here's this other soul in me it can die but what's important about that is harry has lily's eyes right like he's he's a combination of his parents he looks like james has lily's eyes well in the death he recreates lily's sacrifice for him and he's able to protect all the people at Hogwarts. Again, we don't talk about this in the movie, but Harry returns when he comes back. Everything plays out the same. Hagrid carries him. They go up. Voldemort teases everybody. Neville tries to fight back. But Voldemort tries to curse Neville in the book, and it doesn't work. It fades. He tries over and over, and shit hits the fan, and everybody runs inside, and Harry just throws his invisibility cloak on and just watches Voldemort suck for five minutes. Voldemort can't hit anybody. Nothing works. And all of a sudden, he rips his cloak off, and he's like, gotcha, bitch. You fell for it twice. I did the same thing my mom did, and now you can't kill any of these people. Oh, by the way, that wand belongs to me. Oh, by the way, all the Horcruxes are dead. Oh, by the way, I have the Deathly Hallows. You're fucked. And it's a great sequence that in the movie is just them like ripping each other's face off as they destroy Hogwarts. <laughs> and it, I don't know, like I, I appreciate the battle of wits more than I do just the ransacking destruction that we get in Deathly Hallows part two. Those, I don't know why they really bothered me so much, but I don't think the movies do a very good job of really explaining how clever Harry having to go through destroying the Horcruxes and collecting the Hallows and all the character development that goes along with it and how that reflects both of his parents. Um, it just, that's really interesting and none of those details are included in the films and it, it upsets me. Yeah, that's fair. Yep. I mean, to, to your point, Christian, you know, the, the big battle at the end, the, the, I mean, literally the, the lightning streaks between Wands fight between Voldemort and Harry you know, in the movie is just because it's the chosen one versus Voldemort. Yes. Whereas like the, the, the ending you're talking about it's the payoff for Harry being treated as the chosen one, his whole life, but actually like developing and learning skills. Yes. Uh, so it's not, it's not, he didn't win because he was the chosen one. He won because he's gotten better than Voldemort. Yes, exactly. He did everything necessary to beat this guy. He just doesn't happenstance that he beats this guy. He checked all the boxes, but that's not how the movie portrays it. And yeah. it, it's very the movies. The movies are bad at at portraying the ha Harry's cleverness. It seems like almost every time they get to the spot where it's just going to be a thing where Cle Harry's going to beat it by being clever, they're like, okay, but a better movie moment, a better special effect is right. if we draw this out and make it something else. Yeah. The only other thing I want to talk about is uh, I heard Lenny Kravitz's cover of American Woman again this weekend, and that song still fucking kicks. Yep. No doubt. <laughs> I don't know. Lenny Kravitz feels like those things that pe one of those things that people as a society makes fun of. And I don't know if they do, but it just feels like they should. But they really shouldn't because he's fucking cool. <laughs> Dude, uh, I'll, uh, I, I had a very similar experience with which I liked uh, Lenny Kravitz up in this point. I really liked Mama Said. I really liked that. Uh, it, this ain't over till it's over song. But I remember when uh, Are You Gonna Go My Way came out, I was just super bored by that song, like did not care about. It. And I heard it recently and I don't know what the fuck I was talking about, man, that shit kicks. That is one of the coolest riffs ever. Yeah. And I mean, that guy's bone Jason Momoa's wife. So it's not like he's <laughs> he, he's. He in the order of dicking, he's definitely below Prince, like Prince is number one, but he's definitely above Jason Momoa. So even if even if Jason Momoa took his wife, 
I think Lenny Kravitz still takes the cake and in, in Dick in there. And so <laughs> right. I, I'm pro that. I, I like that guy. I mean, it's 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 bad that I, I don't remember her name, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't all, either. All, all Zoe Kravitz's all, mom. All credit to Zoe Kravitz's mom because <laughs> she, she went from fucking Lenny Kravitz to Jason Momoa. She's doing something right. She still kind of looks better than her daughter. She yeah. may be a vampire. They look the exact same, in my opinion. Yeah. I don't even know if I should take a turn this week, guys. I talked so much about Harry Potter. <laughs> well, and, do you want, do you want to share a turn with me? Uh, yeah, you, you, you talk about something that I would like to talk about, too. How about that? Because I, thing... I know you and I are the only ones that want to talk about Rick and Morty. Yes, let's do that. 100%. Okay. <laughs> so... Rick and Morty just finished its run. It's a show that takes forever to come out, uh, written by Dan Harmon. Honestly, if you listen to the show, you probably know what Rick and Morty is because it's... We are absolutely... Our audience is the Rick and Morty audience well. As well. We, I was about to say, we, we as human beings are like directly in the crosshairs of whatever that demographic is. And so, by extension, I have to imagine our audience is also. But it's a show that's complicated, I think. I mean, the show itself is complicated, but... Uh, it's complicated both by a fan base that is, uh, I'd say, fairly toxic, and <laughs> by uh, the people who make it catering to that fan base and making the show, I don't know, just just more and more and more up its own ass. Uh, and so that's why I was so pleased. This is, I think, what is it, season four that we just finished? Five. 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 Uh, to just take a step back and be like, you know what? Maybe we should just play with the original premise of, of why this was going to be fun in the first place. Uh, and I really enjoyed that. I 100% did too. I liked that they, you know, at least the first like maybe seven episodes had like almost zero lore in them. And there wasn't really any m- much meta commentary except when they would occasionally reference that they weren't doing meta commentary. Right, 100%. I feel like Dan Harmon watched justin roiland's other show solar opposites and was like oh that looks like it'd be fun <laughs> right. uh, and I, I i mean if you haven't seen that show that's actually like not it's not a bad show it, it's uh, i feel like this season of rick and morty is the split difference between solar opposites and the other four seasons of rick and morty you know i i'm trying to think of which episodes were my favorite on this i really liked the uh I really liked the episode that was basically the Clive Barker riff where they, you know, go to Hellraiser Hell. That's fun. And I, I really liked the uh, I, I really liked the first episode. But I think my favorite was where uh, Morty was dating uh, Captain Planet. Lady. That one. That, that was a really good one. I like that one a it's, lot, too. It's really funny. And man, the emotional shit at the end really hits. And so uh, th- there was a big fan theory coming up to this season that this season was not portraying the Rick and Morty that we've been seeing most of the series, that this was the origin story of evil Morty because Morty's been a little bit more intense, a little bit more quick to violence and violence as a solution in this season than he's been in the previous seasons. Uh, And, you know, obviously we watched the the rest of the the season and that's not the case. Uh, (laughs) Right. But I, I like the idea that like, this Morty, the Morty that he's becoming is just like, it's, it's a natural consequence of spending enough time with Rick, you know, like the longer he's right. in this relationship, the more like this, he's going to get <laughs> like, uh, you know, evil Morty, if, which, you know, at the end we talk about whether or not he's evil, or not, but evil Morty isn't necessarily like the outlier. He's just the natural conclusion of this cycle. Right. right. Well, and also who knows if we're watching the original Rick and Morty or not now after the decoys episode, Oh, the decoys episode is, is definitely like, and that that one splits the difference so good for me of of you know kind of one off adventures, but also like really playing with how like deep in the sci fi shit you can get. Right, right. That's where I fell off was the decoys episode. Oh, that one that was my, my probably my favorite one of the season. I just it, think that goes on too long. I mean that <laughs> that joke goes on for that entire episode. That's yeah, why I has. like it. Yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't work like the snake episode works for yeah. me. Like the snake episode, you could do three more of those and I would crack up every time. But like about seven minutes into the decoy episode, I was like, surely we're not going to do this another 13 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. It did feel like it was like the first eight minutes of a Simpsons episode where it's something off the wall. And then you switch to what the episode's actually about. 
But no, it just kept going the whole 30 minutes. And then I also like that there was finally like just a concession from the creative team in the last two episodes where, you know, everyone's just constantly wants to talk about even Morty and Rick's past. And they're like, fuck it. Here you go. Are you happy? (laughs) (laughs) You know, like there's no there's no like flowery bullshit. There's not like, you know, expansion. It's just like, here's what you want. Let's fucking like let's move past this. Let's talk about literally anything else. Right. Uh, right. And I I fucking I love that. I thought it was good. Uh, so this I, you know I I'm not saying this season. I don't think all the episodes are super strong. There's definitely the giant incest baby, which I think they know is like what the fuck were we doing here? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I like I like I would rather lean that direction than the hyper meta stuff. M- me too. Totally. But aside from that, I haven't really been watching that much. Uh, the only other thing I've been watching is an anime called uh, The Saga of Tanya the Evil, which is a kind of a twist on a familiar structure uh, in anime, which is a regular person in our world dies, a, a some sort of deity comes down and chooses to, to like save them or reincarnate them in another world, usually some form of magical Europe, uh, in in a new life uh with new powers or whatever so this one's got a similar vibe but the protagonist the guy who gets killed at the beginning is a borderline psychopathic like businessman who is is vehemently against the concept or the notion of god or any kind of deity so even when like time is being stopped and he's being uh uh, you know uh, approached by this deity, he's like you're not god (laughs) like I don't know what you are, but you're not, there's no God. You're not God. And so the basic premise of the show is the, the God is also kind of fucked in that the God comes up with this idea. I'm going to put you in a situation that's so bad that you're going to have to come to me. Uh, so they put him in like a war-torn alternate version of like World War I Germany as like an orphan child and whatever. And just out of pure spite, the protagonist like raises through the ranks and becomes like an important military figure. Anyway, it's just like, it's just a very strange combination of like, uh, one, we're rooting for the bad guys. Our main guy is a bad guy, but I just, I love the interplay between like the the whole show, the whole premise of the show on both sides is purely driven out of spite. The only reason anyone does anything is just to prove that the other person is going to be wrong. Uh, and I, it's it's pretty fun. I don't know. It, it's it's uh, I think it's better than Transformers. It's uh, I think it's on Crunchyroll. I recommend it. Right on. Very cool. But that's it for this week. Something's coming out next week. What's happening next week? Well, hey, just to be clear, you guys haven't escaped my Santa Barbara book report. <laughs> and I, I would took, want to. I would want I just to. Took, I just I just took a week off because I talked so much about Harry Potter, and that was going to be a long haul. Well, if we had something planned for the, oh no, it was Rick and Morty. That's what we we're going to do this week. So yeah, who knows what we're going to do next week? Uh, next week, something. We'll figure it out. Uh, right in in the meantime, thank you guys for listening. Please rate, subscribe, tell your friends about the podcast. If you have any episodes idea episode ideas, things you'd like us to talk about, you can reach to realphonies at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at realphonies uh, and on Instagram real underscore phonies. Just to be clear. We had an episode on Lamageddon just like three or four weeks ago. It's not hard to get us to do something. Uh, right. we, are, we are your dancing monkeys to do with as you please. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to uh, Zach Evans for our art and Brian Velasquez for our theme. And we'll see you guys next week. Later. <laughs>